It's my podcast. Change, change. Of course we're talking about change. Of course, why not? So, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth, too. Here's my podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is now Monday at 7 o'clock p.m., I am your host and founder, Andre Anderson, and I'm so glad to have you all back with me. Listen, um, I, I've been tracking, and um, I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, watching uh, where we're trending towards, and I just want to say I'm so grateful and thankful uh, that so many of you have been joining me and listening in on these conversations, and I hope uh, that they will and are a blessing to you. I hope that you share it. Uh, I hope that you subscribe, picked up some subscri- uh, some subscriptions recently, and I'm excited about this. I just want to help leaders. Like, I want to help leaders. Um, I'm growing, too. Uh, maybe I should also say that. Uh, even though I'm sharing with you all, I'm growing through this process and just really enjoying helping leaders uh, navigate and, and just do better. Uh, we can all do better. And sometimes it's a, a bit of books. Sometimes it's a bit of conversations. And then sometimes it's a bit of podcasting. So anyways, this is BSTL, Building Something That Lasts. So I want to jump right into it on this Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. I want to just, uh, here's maybe the title of this episode, How Many Times Do I Have to Say the Same Thing? Uh, and I know it sounds kind of weird. It almost sounds uh, parental, right? Normally, when you hear that type of sentence, it's usually in the context of uh, some parents ripping into their child who has has not picked up their toys. Uh, They did not shower on time to get into bed. They did not study for the test. They didn't do well. It's usually a reprimand, um, that kind of sentence. But this go around, this sentence is more of a, a question. It's a query. You know, how many times uh, do I, as a leader, have to say the same thing? Now, here's the thing. Um, in this conversation today, I kind of want to delve into, um, and, and not yet. I think we're going to get to that by the time we get to season number three. Um, but today, uh, we will talk a little bit about this visioning process. And when I say visioning, um, that is a big word. It, it probably uh, conjures up a lot of different ideas and thoughts and images, uh, depending on where you are within your uh, leadership team. But really what I want to talk about is how many times do you as a leader have to say the same thing in different ways in order to get your point across maybe the first time? Um, so let, let me maybe start here. Um, recently, I was in a meeting, right? Um, very good meeting. I really enjoyed uh, the meeting. I won't say yet, not until I get uh, permission from the individual that I met with, but it was like one of the best meetings I've had in a long time, maybe even ever. And I did post that on my Instagram um, page um, because I was so excited after I left it. Now, one of the challenges um, as a leader is that at times, um, depending on the level of support that you get on the front end, it may either create some currency or it may cause you to like retreat very quickly. Um, most leaders, maybe I shouldn't say most leaders, a lot of us as leaders, especially when we have um, spent time thinking about the way forward, we've talked uh, within our leadership teams, we've done a bunch of things, um, we really desire and hope and want to believe that right away people are going to buy into that thing that we're trying to do. Right. I mean, that to me is the ideal situation, but it's not necessarily what happens real time. 
So what ends up happening is, is that as a leader, when you are facilitating and creating change, you know, change management, strategic planning, I mean, all of the different words that you're aware of, you know, when, when it seems as though um, it doesn't look like it's going to take off uh, with the trajectory and the speed and effectiveness that you had in mind, it does create a little bit of blues. And maybe this is one of those moments where I want to just pause for a quick moment and say this, that um, those of us that do t- change management and strategic planning, those individuals, um, we are not sprinters. We are long distance runners. And the reality is, is that whenever you are thinking down the road, you have to recognize that the moments where you may perceive uh, that there have been some losses, you've got to like ignore that and you've got to push past that. So let me rewind. I'll go back to this meeting that I have. I meet with somebody and I'm just giving them the vision of what's happening, how I want to see some things happening, uh, things that, you know, the, the, the group that I'm leading, the board, etc. I'm, I'm having a conversation with them just transparently just to kind of give a sense of, you know, this is where we're going and how are we going to get there. Now, this particular individual is not necessarily connected directly um, to um, the organization, um, but he is connected by extension uh, to somebody else who is connected. And can I just tell you, talking uh, with this individual was such a joy um, because hearing how he thinks uh, naturally um, really encouraged me because, you know, sometimes there's like this pushback that happens, right? Like sometimes people don't want to hear about mission and vision and core values and objectives and setting timelines and goals and measurables. They don't want to talk about that. What they want to talk about is like, when is the next event? And the truth is there's nothing wrong with events, but there is a challenge when your events override the overall picture and direction of the organization. So what I do is I take this individual for a tour. We begin to look at the space and we begin to talk about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And it was nice to just see uh, his eyes light up. Um, I could see that he was processing um, I could see that he was really taking in um, the, the, the building. Um, and here's the thing. Uh, your building is important, right? So those of you that lead in any space, and of course, I know that during this pandemic, a lot of entrepreneurs have started businesses and you're working out of your home. And so you may not have the square footage um, in order to do stuff. But then there are, are others that have started businesses and they are trying to like navigate and figure out how they're going to do this thing. And they've got a space. Can I just tell you, your space is the reinforcement of what it is that you are actually uh, trying to say. So, of course, there's the action piece, right? Like you've got to start somewhere. Like you, you, and I talked about this a few episodes ago when we talked about uh, going into a meeting with a blank piece of paper. I never do that. I've never, I shouldn't say I've never, when I came to a better level of understanding, I never go into a meeting with a blank piece of paper. I always have an idea, something that I would like to discuss. And there are times where I've had to ditch it and pitch it because the room wasn't thinking that way. Um, and I don't, I don't have a problem conceding and going in a different direction as long as it's, it fits in with the overall organization and what we're doing. So yes, there is an action piece uh, that goes along with this conversation. But then there's also this word piece, right? And the word piece is this. When you are leading, you have to be able to explain uh, this direction that you're going in 
from multiple directions. Like, remember, when you are leading people, they're not all doing the same thing, even though they're all doing the same thing. In other words, what that means is you've got to be able to say what you have to say in such a way that every single person who is responsible for doing different things, they have the capacity to understand where do they fit into this overall conversation, right? So here's the thing. Um, One of the things that um, I've learned and read about um, as I've been studying this thing is that you have to understand that when you are engaging a group of individuals, they don't all have the same thing to do at the same time, right? So depending on your mission, your vision, your core values, etc., there are times where certain people will have more to do because that's where we are in the vision. But after they have completed their task, you may find that their overall uh, need to be a part of, it begins to decline a little bit as you are now transitioning and pivoting to the next group of individuals who are still a part of the big picture but the lap looks a little bit different so as i'm now walking and having this conversation with this individual that i know is going to be a blessing to the organization uh, he now stands in front of um this mission vision and core value board that we have uh in our building and he is like looking at it and his arms are folded and uh, he's like looking at it and he's smiling, but I don't know why, right? Because I'm, I'm now becoming uh, used to him, getting to know him. And we begin to have this conversation about the value of having value statements. And if you don't, in the organization that you have, have this information pinned up somewhere central where everybody can see it already, I know that you're losing this fight, And the reason why is that when you put something up, it's supposed to speak for you when you are not in a meeting, right? So most people, most leaders think, or some leaders might think that, you know, you are supposed to be doing this messaging thing in meetings. And every single time you have a meeting, it needs to be a wonderful meeting. It needs to be a meeting that, you know, you, you hit the home run every single time. What I've discovered is you're supposed to be trying to create home run opportunities 24-7, 365. Well, how does that happen? Well, you know you're not going to have major meetings every single day. You know that you're not going to be having departmental meetings every single day. You know that you're not going to be having month-end assessments every day. So how do you do it? Well, you have to say what you're saying over and over by putting up information around your structure in such a way that people will be clear on what it is that you're trying to do when you are unable to do so. Uh, by way of a meeting. Well, let me also then say this then. So if words are important and messaging is important, you also have to find a way to reduce uh, the amount of people that you are having these conversations with. Like, I mean, some people have the gift to do this um, within hundreds of people, and I see the value of that. Like, you'll you'll find when uh, companies, large companies like Apple and so on and so forth, uh, when they are putting out new product, they have a way of, of putting their key leaders in a space, and they have this kind of uh, meeting where they want to really rally the troops and have everybody hear what they're talking about all at once, and there's, like, this energy that's happening, and people are cheering, and they're um, excited because, wow, this is a new thing that we're about to do. While all of that is cool, I, I, I'm not sure that everybody gets it that kind of way. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure that everybody gets it. And, and maybe I'll just try to explain this. I think that it's impossible for 200 people, 400 people, 
uh, to get something like in that moment. And the reason being is that all of our brains work differently, right? Like some of us are visual learners, some of us are audible, uh, some of us learn through object lessons, some of us learn through video, video material. I mean, we all learn in a different way. Some of us learn by getting our hands in there. So when, when a leader communicates one way and assumes that everybody's going to get it because they, they believe that they're a clear leader, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, and I'm not saying that you ought not to have those rah-rah moments, but here's what I will say. After that initial conversation, you've got to now find a way to create other moments in smaller spaces where you're having the exact same conversation, but you're now pairing and partnering people in that space that may be working on the same thing at the same time, depending on where they fit into the overall vision. Oh, I've said a mouthful. I hope that this makes sense because here's what happens. While it's important to put um, these cross sections in the room, right? Because you need to have everybody hear what you're thinking about doing and how you're planning on doing it. After you've had that initial conversation, you've kind of got to narrow it down, like drill down a little bit diff um, deeper and have individuals that now come into the space that may have similar interests and find a way to do that kind of vision casting and say the exact same thing that you had in that broader meeting with this smaller group because now what you're also trying to do is you're trying to find a way to get people to collaborate with one another so that instead of them dwindling down their resources, they're actually buffering it up because when individuals are in the space that have a similar way of doing things and a similar target goal um, that is a part of the overall vision, you may find that you get much more traction there by reducing the amount of people that are there. Now, the reason why this is important is while you are talking about where we are going, you literally have to be mentoring individuals simultaneously while the vision is slowly but surely developing its own momentum. Now, what do you mean by that, Andre? Well, here's the thing. And I think that this is um, a cardinal sin that a lot of leaders do and a lot of organizations do. Uh, especially when they are smaller in number, right? Because most of us do not um, belong to organizations that are multi-million dollar people that we're working with. No, we have a smaller budget that we're working with. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to be as effective in what it is that we're doing. So what happens is, is that we don't recognize that while we are working towards a goal, you almost have to have simultaneously another group that is working and they're a little bit behind where you actually are real time. Right. So what happens is, you know that you've got to get something done by Saturday. Let's just make it a Saturday. I hope you don't mind. I like that day, Saturday. You got to get something that's done on Saturday, but you also have to get something done by Wednesday. And this is part of the vision and the mission and the core value and these objectives things. Right. So what happens is, yes, you've got to put a lot of your resources towards what's going to happen on Saturday. But if you're only um, focused on what's happening on a Saturday and not focused on what's happening on the Wednesday, by the time all of that energy has been spent on the Saturday, you don't really have the resources to do uh, whatever comes next by way of activity on the Wednesday. So here's what I'm telling people. When we are as leaders trying to move the organization forward, 
while it is important to focus on what's coming next, you always have to have multiple things that are happening simultaneously and making sure that those that you are leading understand how both things kind of connect with one another. So back to this meeting that I have um, where I'm, I'm talking with this uh, gentleman and we're in the space and we're looking at this visioning board. Uh, we go back to my office and we're now having another conversation in terms of where do we go and so on and so forth. And I want to hear what he has to say, right? So I listen to him and after there's a break in the action, um, I begin to talk and we begin to share and collaborate. And it's a really informal meeting, but that's what makes it so incredible. We haven't come into the space with all of these notes and all of these outlines and whatever, we're just coming to make sure that even before we get to a point where we're actually like cementing what this relationship is going to look like moving forward, we want to make sure that we're both absolutely clear on what both of us would like to see happen to ensure that we're partnering in the right space. Oh, and I want to just say this to leaders, right? Because sometimes we will meet people, right, who have great ideas and they have the capacity to do certain things. Um, but can I just say this? You've got to make sure that they're on the same page with you. I think that there's nothing worse, or maybe there are things that are worse, so I'm just embellishing. But I think that it's tough that, you know, you start off working with people, you think that you're both on the same page, you're heading in the same direction, and by the time you get to six months or a year or five years down the road, you realize that this person had an expectation that will not connect with what it is that you're trying to do. And because it doesn't connect, it doesn't mean that the idea that they have is not a great one or that it's not a tremendous one, but it's not going to fit where you are based on the direction that you are taking. And this is why being clear on the front end, even while you're trying to work out the kinks and put the nuts and bolts together, you as the leader have to be clear because most people are not going to understand the how or the why you're doing what you're doing until they have some measurables that they can identify and say after a while, okay, Andre, I see this is why you did this and that and that and this because all of this was leading towards that. So the currency that we often don't have as leaders is that when we are sharing and trying to help people to conceptualize where we are going without some type of a document, without some type of a visual aid, without multiple conversations happening, it'll be clear, uh, like clear to you and getting clear to you, but it takes time. So I come back to this parenting piece, right? Because the reality is, especially when we are in a working space, we don't want to have to keep explaining ourselves over and over. And I get it. Uh, look, my type A personality, I love to just say something once and then I'd love to just be able to move along to something else and talk about something else. Because, you know, as leaders, we are often doing a lot of talking that leads to a lot of listening. But the reality is, is that if you are unwilling to say the same thing over and over um, and say it in a different way and listen to it in a different kind of way, you are going to shoot yourself in the foot long term. I mean, who can even remember what happened yesterday or the day before? So there has to be some staples that are there as we're meeting with people and sharing ideas and collaborating. You've got to have a constant. You know, one of the things I tell to my leaders all the time 
is that whatever you are going to be doing departmentally, you've got to make sure that you've got something in writing. Uh, you go into the room, and every single time when your team meets, whether it's on Zoom or in person, right, because now we're working and moving towards a hybrid type of situation, the document has to look almost the same every single time while you are adding additional uh, agenda items because those things are only reinforcing what it is that you think you're going to be doing. So I've said a lot today, but I do have one more thing if you can just hang in with me just a little bit longer. If you are going to move uh, your organization forward as you partner with people in the community, as you work with your shareholders and your stakeholders, let me just say this. You cannot say that you want to do something and not put your money behind it. All right, Andre, I hear you. Say it one more time. I was taking some notes there. All right, so here, let me say it one more time. If you are going to prove to people that what you are doing and what you are saying, you yourself take it seriously, then you've got to put your money behind it. Look, one of the things that I know, like, for example, if I, I, I put education on the table, one of the things that was a value for my family, I'm talking about my parents uh, growing up, it was education. And while my parents may have said no to a lot of things that were social in nature and whatever, anytime it had to do with uh, education and or sports, they liked us to be active, uh, they, would, they, they would spare nothing in order to make sure that we had access to equipment if it was for sporting and or if it was educational, making sure that uh, tuition or books or, you know, resources like laptops, computers, they would spare nothing to ensure that. And here's the reality. If you are going to drive whatever you are doing going forward, you can't talk about it conceptually and then put your money into something else. No, no, no. Whatever you're talking about, whatever your mission and your vision and your core value are focusing on both short term and long term, you've got to put your money where your mouth is. Because here's the thing. Sometimes when we are not observing what we are doing, because we do have blind spots as leaders, right? That is the truth. We can't always see how we are, uh, but we are always being observed, right? So, you know, <laughs> people know when you're happy, they know when you're sad, they know when you're annoyed, even if your voice is the same. They know, but here's what I also know. They will know what you um, believe is important based on what you put your money into. And this is why, and I know that there may be some that may or may not agree with me, this is why you can't be doing four or five things at a high level at the same time unless you come from an organization that has a lot of money. If that is not you, like, I mean, that is a lot of people, you've got to say, all right, these are the one or two or three maximum things that we can do, and here is how we are going to allocate our monies so that we don't start something that we cannot finish, right? And this is the, the, the joy of partnering with people who are on the outside of your organization. And I know that this sounds a little bit weird for some, um, because when you get into your little bubble, you like to keep it there and you feel more safe and you uh, develop relationships with people that are there. No, but you've got to partner. And let me tell you what partnering has done for me as one who has um, led in different spaces at different times. When you are in spaces with other people who are not a part of the culture 
that you are directly connected to, they will ask you very difficult questions about why are you spending your money that way if you say that this is what you're going to do. Like, they don't understand the culture. When you're partnering with people, especially on the front end of things, they don't understand all of the spoken and unspoken rules. They don't understand all of the documents that you are using to drive what you're doing. So they'll just ask questions uh, that come out of a place of innocence trying to understand, well, if this is the goal, why aren't you doing this and why are you doing that? So ultimately, here's the thing. As I wrap up today, I'm saying to you that if you want to be an effective leader who is helping your organization to move forward and teaching and mentoring and helping people to develop skill sets that will definitely buffer and make what you're doing meaningful and impacting and innovative, you've got to figure out how can you say the same thing over and over and over until you become redundant, until people can actually say what it is that you've been trying to say in their own words. When you get to that place, I promise you, you won't have to meet as often because whether you're in the room or not, people are going to be saying the same thing. So be encouraged, leaders. The first few years of what you're, you're trying to do is going to be the most difficult because what you're doing is you're introducing a conversation that may or may not have ever been spoken that way. And because you're now saying it in a different kind of way or you're helping to create this new shift that will be um, a benefit and a blessing to the direction that you're going, you cannot be one who thinks that you can say something once and be done. You've got to find a way to say it over and over and over until it sticks. My name is Andre Anderson, host and founder. I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. Again, if you want to reach out and talk with me, bstlinc21 at gmail.com. Thank you for joining. And remember, there's nothing wrong with repeating yourself because you're not in this for the sprint. You're in this for the marathon. Thanks for joining. See you all next week. Take care for now. Bye. All right, everybody, this is the recap. And of course, we've been talking about how many times do you have the same thing? And there are just four takeaway points from this. Number one, repetitive conversations do not always lead to some type of reprimand. So say the same thing in different ways to get your point across. Number two, ensure that there's an action item post-conversation to further promote unilateral thinking and forward movement. Number three, your organization is comprised of all types of learners. Avoid repetitive conversations while your team collaborates by pinning up the value statements throughout your organization. This will serve as a reminder of the direction you are heading in. Last but not least, remember, there is nothing wrong with repeating yourself because the journey you're on is a, is a marathon and it's not a sprint. Take care until next time.